Welcome to this episode of Tea with Triggy. It's great to have you here. This is a podcast where I catch up with friends and people that I find fascinating. I check that they're doing okay and ask for tips to help us stay at home more comfortable. My guest this week has won many awards for his brilliant acting. He's done more stage performances than most people I know. He's also one of the sweetest men around. He is the lovely Sir Derek Jacobi. Hello, Derek. How are you? I'm very well. Surviving, yes. I know. Second yeah. lockdown, second day. I know, I know. Oh, I know. We'll get through it. Of course we will. Keep smiling. It's interesting because because we did it before, this time doesn't seem quite so scary. No, or... no, it doesn't. Well, it was all new and strange and we know what to expect now, don't we? I know. Anyway, have you got your cup of tea, more importantly? Of course. What, do you, of what course. tea do you drink? Once it's part typhoon, of course. Once it's past <laughs> one o'clock, coffee cups away, tea cups out. Oh, you coffee in the morning, are oh, you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. See, I, I don't drink coffee. It gives me indigestion. Oh. But I do like my cup of tea. But I, I, do, I do my builder's tea in the morning with milk and honey. And then oh. um, I go on to my herbal herbal teas. Herbal tea, but milk, milk and honey sounds rather rather posh. Not yeah, for builders. it's nice. And I mix. I doing like an English breakfast and Earl Grey mix. It's nice. Try oh, it. Lovely. Anyway, thank you for coming to talk to. I wish we could do it in person, but so obviously at the, at the moment we can't. So the last I time I think I saw you, we saw you was at that lovely one woman show that Frances Frankie, Barber did. Frankie Barber did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. she was brilliant, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. I I spent uh, three months in France from July to September uh, with uh, my other half, Richard uh-huh. and Frankie Barber. The three of us. Oh, did she, yeah. really? How lovely! Yes, yes. Whereabouts yeah. in France? Um, I well, I have. I've got a little house, a little old farmhouse. I've had it for thirty years now, uh, just northeast of Toulouse. It's lovely. in the heart of the country. It's lovely. So was this? This is was this summer with the? Um... Yeah. Well, we went for kind of a fortnight, and we stayed three <laughs> months. Yeah, well, was, why not? The weather was great. It was in in the country, and we felt safe and. You know, and we got on. We got on all right. I say, <laughs> didn't. she's one of the funniest people I've ever... Oh, I mean, you must have been wonderful. in hysterics all the time. She's wonderful, yeah. The only time we all got a bit scratchy with each other was in the evenings after supper, we'd play cards. And we'd pl- <laughs> we played a game called Shithead. And, oh, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's a great game, isn't it? Great oh, I'll, I'll play you that. But, I yeah, love it. But we got a bit scratchy with each other. Oh, we call it shit face. You oh, call it shit head. Shit head. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, we had a family holiday about, oh, I don't know, five years ago with, you know, Carly, my daughter, who yeah. you know, has grown up, and her fella, and Lee's son uh, with his girlfriend. And we used to play that every night. And yeah. it was hysterical. Yes, we did. We did. It's yeah. the best yeah. game in the it world. It is. It's great. I do like games, actually. I'm a ga- I am love Scrabble. I love... Um, oh, that's the other one. Scrabble. Monopoly. Yeah, we played that. Mm. But I get very cross when people cheat. Oh, no, that's not good. And they think it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Going through your biography... You 
Um, you're unbelievable. You've done... I'm so old. So many theatre productions. How many times have you played Hamlet professionally? I think it's nearly 500. It's 490-something. Oh, my goodness. It's the That's one amazing. play, the one script that I... I is still in my head after all these wow. years. Yeah. I mean, can you remember all the lines through the whole thing? Practically. That's Practically, amazing. Because yeah. you first, yes. am I right in saying you first played it at school? When I was uh, 19. Oh. Eight, 18, 18, at the wow. Edinburgh Festival, 1957, on the Fringe. So the school took it up to Edinburgh, did the they? The school took it to Edinburgh, yeah. How yeah, fabulous. Yeah. And we wow. sort of, we got a lot of kind of backhanded compliments from the critics because... So do you think that's when you got hooked? Oh, I was hooked before that. <laughs> oh, that, I, I went back to the days of, you know, when you could play out in the streets with your friends and pretend, playing doctors and nurses and pretend <laughs> things in the streets, you know. And then yeah. the local library when I was seven, their, their little Christmas show. The Prince and the Swine Herd. It was a double role, a dual role. <laughs> Even then? <laughs> Even then. That, that's amazing. Mm. And then you went on to Cambridge, right? Then I went on to Cambridge, yes. But you didn't, do, you didn't do English. You did history, am I right? I did history, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But did, did you... Is it Cambridge that has the um, kind of... Big theatrical, isn't it? Footlights, Cambridge Footlights. Cambridge is Footlights, but Footlights is uh, review. It's more you know, review, yeah. isn't I was, it? I wasn't in Footlights, but there are lots okay. of other organisations, dramatic organisations at, at the university, yeah. And I, it was like being in rep, really. I mean, you, you, you did the academic work on the edges. Life was about the theatre, really. Mm. So actually it was really good training, wasn't it? Well, it was. Yes, it was, because it was all practical. It was always in front of an audience, you know. It wasn't in a classroom. Well, even at uni? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was the um, lots of um, amateur dramatic clubs and the and Brilliant. the ADC, which uh, was, was great. And we, we did. And the Marlowe Society, which was at the Arts Theatre. Mm -hmm. um, once a term, you did a big... Uh, classical production. Um, so I, I I got a lot of experience at Cambridge, yeah. It had a kind of veneer of professionalism about it and um, yeah. ex-Cambridge ex students who are now fully-fledged directors and things would come uh -huh. back and direct. Oh, really? How yeah. interesting. So it was like a, a professional production in a way. Yeah, it was, it was like being a drama school, really. So yeah. did you go to drama school or no, did I didn't. you leave? No, I didn't. You left I, Cambridge and I, what, I was, was it Birmingham Rep you joined? That's right. I was 21 yeah. when I left Cambridge and I thought either I try and get into Rep or I um, go to drama school. And I thought, well, I'd rather have a go in Rep. And apparently, I mean, I, I, I don't remember, but Lee, because I didn't really know about the theatre much in, then, but... Lee, my husband, who you know, yeah, um, yeah. said that Birmingham Rep in those days was one of the, you know, top reps and everyone... It, it, it was one of the um, biggest classical reps. The yeah. repertoire was, was very kind of 75% classical, yeah. And people like Schofield and Olivier and Finney, and th they'd all been there at some point in their careers, you know. 
But so it, you know, quite I, the tradition. I, talking to actors of of your and Lee's age group, they you know they always say how wonderful it was for young actors that they had the choice of so many rep companies to go to, and what incredible training! I think I think Lee went to Coventry Rep. Yeah, next door. And he said, but it was um, such amazing training because you were playing different parts every week. It was, and now there's yeah. what there's. Very few reps Very left. few, very few. It was a wonderful learning experience. I was there for three years at wow. Birmingham. And um, it was four weekly there. So we did a, a different play every four weeks. As soon as you got Amazing. one play on, you started rehearsing the next one. So uh, you were playing one and learning and rehearsing the next? The next one, yeah, yeah. Wow. And that was kind of continuous throughout the year. So you got Amazing. through a lot of plays. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. No, it was, it was wonderful. So, because it was mainly based on classical theatre, is that is that why you got so heavily into... Because you've done so much Shakespeare, haven't you? Yes. Over, <laughs> over, actually, while, while I was um, in uh, France, for these three months in France, yeah. I had my 60th anniversary of being an actor. Wow. Um, so we had a little dinner um, and a little celebration. But it all started at, at Birmingham in 1960. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That was the first Amazing. time. Well, if, if you cast your mind back a bit, I met you in the 60s, didn't I? You did. Do you remember? I, I do remember with, with Christopher with, Gable. With lovely Christopher Gable, yes, who's when, sadly no longer yes, with us. But, oh. um, and he'd been cast with me in Ken Russell's film The Boyfriend. That's right. That's right. And he and Carol, his wife, were living in your there, house, yes. They? I I bought a house in Stockwell. I I'd been uh -huh. in various flats all around London while I was at the National, uh, but eventually I plucked up enough money. Do you know I bought it in 1967? It was a five-bedroomed house in Stockwell, and it cost mm -hmm. nine and a half thousand pounds. <gasps> Well, but that was a lot of money it, then, was, wasn't it? Was it? Quite, it was a lot of money, yeah. And yeah, Chris, and, Chris and Carol came in to help pay the mortgage. Yeah, because yeah. Lee did the same. He bought a house a, li a little bit later than that, early 70s, I think, in Wimbledon, yeah. four-bedroom with a garden, and I think he paid 12000 for that. Gosh, yes. God, if our kids can't believe it. <laughs> they know. always say it's so unfair no. when you think what property costs Price now. of a prawn cocktail now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so is is it true that um, uh, Laurence Olivier saw you at Birmingham and asked you to join his newly formed from, National Theatre? Is that true? Yes, yes. It was. Wow. It was. I was. I was. Um, I was playing Henry the Eighth in Shakespeare's Henry the Eighth, and I was sharing. We didn't know he was out front. And I was sharing a dressing room with Cardinal Woolsey. And it was a matinee. And I always got out of my gear very quickly to take myself out for my tea between shows, off to the Cardoma. And um, there was a knock on the door. And uh, we opened it. And Sir Lawrence Olivia was standing there. Uh, I was in my outdoor clothes. I hadn't uh -huh. got my padding on or my wigs or my moustaches and beards. and everything. Anyway, but Arthur, who was playing Wolsey, was still in the full Wolsey drag because he stayed in between shows. 
So Sir Lawrence said to me, uh, oh, yes, very uh, well done, well done, well done, nice to meet you, and then went over to Arthur and covered him with praise um, <laughs> and then left. Um, and then about 20 seconds later, there's another conductor, and he came back. And in those ringing tones of his, he looked at me and he said, you were Henry? And gave me a job. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is brilliant because you didn't look anything No, like... I wasn't. I, didn't, I was just another actor. I could have been the dresser in the room. I say I bet he thought... <laughs> I was the dresser, yes. <laughs> but actually, it probably helped him realise how brilliant you were. Well, it... it because it, he didn't recognise you. That's it, uh, amazing. It, it got me the job. It got me the job. And this was his newly formed... It hadn't happened before, it would, No, it? it was the uh, first uh, National Theatre at the Old Vic. It opened um, on October the 22nd, 1963, with Peter O'Toole playing Hamlet, and I was playing Laertes, and it happened to be my 25th birthday that night wow. how exciting it and, must have been so uh, oh, it was exciting ex extraordinary there, there was a party afterwards in the auditorium on the stage and in the auditorium and all the glitterati of london were there because it was the first night of the mm. national theater ever and i was going around boring the ass off everybody saying oh it's my birthday today and i just played <laughs> laertes to peter truce hamlet and and I think to stop me and calm me down, silence was called for from the stage and Shirley Bassey sang Happy Birthday. <laughs> that is brilliant. It was a great that evening. It was a great a evening. God, yeah. and can that lady sing? Yeah. My good. I tell you what, about 12 years ago, 15 years maybe, we went to one of those big galas in Los Angeles. Oh, Yeah where I can't remember how we were invited, but somebody we knew invited us. And they had people like, well, Sinatra was still alive. Oh, so gosh. Might be 20 years ago. And so he sang, oh. Liza Minnelli sang. Oh. It was amazing, amazing. And then Shirley Bassey, who wasn't that known in America, she came out and she blew everyone away. Oh, God. It was the performance of the night it oh, was like wonderful. she was how unbelievable wonderful. yeah I, I mean i love her yeah she's great and great. that voice is still there yes. isn't it yeah it is it is <laughs> yeah so so how long did you stay at the national seven years oh, till, till 1970 yeah and did you was... did you have any aspirations to get into telly or film or were you just really uh, happy being I was very happy I'm very happy there um mm. we did one telly while I was there much to do about nothing with Maggie Smith and Albie Finney and Robert Stevens um I was in that and then again I've been so lucky to in my career so well, lucky I really we all have. need a bit of luck but oh, you we do, do need the talent <laughs> We do, back it but I mean, luck, luck in 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 the sense of being given the opportunity to start whatever stuff but I've that's got, true, isn't you it? know. But that don't you think that's true of most careers in our business? I think so. Yes, I think so. I but mean, you need that opening. You need that you opportunity. Do. Actually, because um, it's amazing how many actors and performers are very 
people in general public always think that we never get nervous and we're not shy. And it's the opposite, isn't it? Absolutely the opposite. I had two years of stage fright when I didn't go near a stage. Oh, how interesting. When was that? It was when I I was touring Australia with Mm -hmm. one of the Hamlets I did. And we ended up um, in Sydney, the King's Theatre. And, um, you know, our, our interval was just before the nunnery scene. So the first thing I had to do after the interval was to be or not to be. And I'm standing in the wings waiting to go on. And suddenly it, it came into my head, you know, to be or not to be is the most famous line in, in drama, probably. Everybody's yeah. heard of to be or not to be. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I was thinking, and always when you said it as an actor on stage, there was a particular silence that came over the audience. You could tell that they were all saying, oh, yes, to, I know to be or not to be. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, I was saying to myself, um, what would happen if the actor forgot to be or not to be? If he dried on to be or not to be? Oh, I put it out of my head. On I went and I, and I started to be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer, to suffer what? And I died, stone dead. Every pore in my body opened. My costume turned black with sweat. But I'd done it so often that kind of automatic pilot took over and I carried on, but I didn't know what was coming out of my mouth. And um, I finished the show. I did the evening show. Mm -hmm. But by then... I put this worm of doubt into my head and I didn't go on stage for two years. I was so frightened. Wow. So frightened. Wow. What, what got you back after the two years? Because that must have been a huge step it to was. It was, go back. It was. Yeah. It, was, it was an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> which uh, was? It, which was. I'd always had ambitions, particularly when I was at Birmingham, of course, to make the leap to Stratford, the RSC. Of course. And it didn't happen. And suddenly out of the blue, I was I was in Bavaria playing Hitler in a television about Albert Speer's life. Yeah. And they said there was a telephone call from Stratford on Avon. So I took it. And they said, we'd like you to come next season. And they offered me four parts. Prosper in the Tempest, Cyrano de Bergerac, Peer Gint in Peer Gint and Benedict in Much Ado. And I thought, if I don't take this offer, I will never work again. It's an offer no actor, sane actor, could possibly Would turn say down. No to. But, but was there that little bit of fear from what had happened in Australia? Oh, yes. Was... Oh, terrible. The first, the first night of the first one of those was Much Ado. And I was playing Benedict. Um, Opposite Sinead Cusack as Beatrice. I was saying, wasn't that you and Sinead in Cyrano? Uh, yes, we did Cyrano. Because well. I saw that. I did, you did it in New York. We did you? it in New York. Yeah, yes. that's where we yeah, saw it. Yeah. It was and, absolutely uh, bloody brilliant. Uh, the bear, it, bear of you. It was. It was wonderful to do. But that that first night of Much Ado, we were on a Ralph Coltai glass set. So if you look down at your feet. You saw yourself reflected upside down. So oh, it felt weird. that you were acting in space. And that oh, combined with my abject terror. First time on stage for over two years. It was a 
hell of a night. I bet. Yeah. But you obviously came through it. And did it get e- easier and easier? It did. Yes, it did. Yeah. Thank goodness it did. But, I, you know, I still have moments of, yeah. of panic. Didn't, didn't something similar happen to Laurence Olivier? It did indeed. I've heard. Yes. I, I mean, I knew I knew him very briefly. Yeah, he came when I did. I did a musical in New York in with Tommy Tune in 83. And we invited Olivier and, and Joan, yeah. thinking, oh, they won't come. And they came. And they came. Oh. They, they're sitting in, like, the middle of the stalls. Yeah. I was so frightened. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. No, no. He, but he was charming. He, oh, he was lovely. He had many hats, Sir Lawrence. He could be lovely. He could be a bugger. Uh, he, he, could, he, could, he could praise and he could hurt. He... he Many, many, many things. But he did, as you say, he did have uh, the fear, the, the the stage fright. And I remember when he was playing Shylock and I was playing Graciano in The Merchant of Venice. And there's a scene, the court scene at the end, where Graciano faces Shylock and tears him off a strip. And I remember the first time we did it on stage, I was called to his dressing room. Uh, it was the first time I knew that there was anything wrong. And he said, when you do that speech to me, don't look in my eyes. Look at my forehead, look at my nose, look at my chin. Don't eyeball me. And that was a sign, um, you know, uh, archetypal sign of stage fright. Oh, is don't it? Eyeball, I've never heard don't that eyeball. before. No, no, no. Oh, how interesting. That's why so frightening. Because you then, you you don't concentrate on... On, on yourself and, and getting over this fear. If you see somebody's eyes and their look and their response to you, it, it, you've got to be focused. That must affect a performance because... Oh, it does, a, yeah. You know, acting is about taking and listening and yes, giving. Yes, that, again, that's why he was such a great actor because none of us knew. None of us knew. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've got to ask you now about one of my favourite pieces of television ever was I, Claudius. Oh, gosh. Why don't they bring it back now? It would be brilliant. Have they still got it? I think they've still got it, yeah. Wouldn't it be brilliant to rerun it? Yeah, it would. It would. I mean, I was talking to my sister the other day and I said I was going to, you were coming on my podcast. I was showing off. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Oh, get it! Oh, why don't they run? Why don't they run? I Claudius again. Everyone remembers it. It, it would be so... fun to see it again. I mean, oh, yes. It well, would. I think we should start lobbying for it. All right. <laughs> they they need programming because they've lost they so do. much new stuff. They do. I didn't. I didn't watch it until about ten years. Oh, later I, I became obsessed what was it mid 70s wasn't it yeah, it was 76 76, 76. Yeah. 44 years ago god, god. well it oh, means god. we've known each other for probably over 40 50 years oh god oh god how can it be we are so uh, young I, exactly <laughs> exactly exactly but when you got offered that I mean, was that oh. the first big telly you did? Oh, yes. Yes. And I wasn't first choice either. Oh, how interesting. Uh, originally, they were going to have two uh, Claudiuses, Claudii, an old one and a young one. Oh, yeah. Um, and originally, because it was owned by an American company called London Films, but it was American, they wanted Charlton Heston. Oh. 
um, uh, <laughs> to do the older Claudius because okay. it was mainly about the older Claudius. Yeah. And they didn't get Charlton Heston. Then they wanted Ronnie Barker. And they didn't get Ronnie Barker. And then I had done a telly earlier on called Man of Straw in 1971. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to age in it from a teenager to mid-50s. And the producer and the director of Claudius were the same producer and director as that uh, piece of television. And they said, well, why don't we go with the same actor and age him rather than have two, a young one and an old one? Let's go with one. And they can follow him all the way through. And that's when they said, well, what about Derek? He aged in our piece. Anyway, the best bit of acting I ever did was in an uh, Italian calf in Shepherd's Bush uh, where we had dinner with a representative of London Films who owned I, Claudius. And I just had to charm the pants off him because he didn't know me from a hole in the ground. Yeah, I was saying, because up and, until... Although you'd done a lot and were a working act, actor, you weren't kind of I wasn't famous. No, those no sort way. of American I, producers would. No, I've been. In, I'd I'd been in the theatre all my life. Yeah, you know, um, and certainly the Americans didn't know who I was. And anyway, God bless him, whoever he was, I can't remember now. He said, "Okay, we'll go with him." Brilliant. And, and did uh, your life completely change then? It must have done because people in the street must have recognised you. I, and it, it it did a bit, although I was covered in rubber latex for most of it <laughs> um, but within two years of Claudius I was um, leading the show on Broadway which would never have happened yeah because of the success Claudius. of I Claudius because of the yeah. success of I Claudius yeah yeah, yeah. well I do think they should yeah. re-show it be, it'd be, it'd be nice it would be lovely it would be actually. wonderful who do we get in touch with oh I don't know <laughs> I'll start a petition. Somebody big at the BBC, if you know any of them. <laughs> I'm sure between us we must know somebody. <laughs> no, because they're rerunning lots, you know, because of what's happened this year and yeah. they haven't got up-to-date material. Would, I, it might look very old-fashioned. I remember one of the things about it was that you would go from one set to another set, mm -hmm. but in fact it was the same set, but the potted plants had moved. <laughs> But it's such a brilliant. I mean, the storylines are made. Everyone was the so evil and, evil and wicked, weren't they? Yes. Especially yes. the women. Oh, yes. Oh, the women were dreadful. dreadful. They would. Well, who was the? I'm trying to think of the name. The name of the the really wicked woman. Messalina. Yeah, I think so. Who Is played? It? Oh, don't ask me the name. Oh, we'll have to get them to re-show it. Anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And lovely Johnny Hurt as Caligula. Oh, that's right. Oh. He was. Well, you all were. It was absolutely. Yeah. It's just one. You know, well, there are certain things. You know, there are films that stay in your mind forever. Yes. You know, for me, it's like some like it hot and Wizard of Oz. Oh and, God, yes, yes. And yes. then like the Conformist by Bertolucci and yes. Death in. You know, there are. And Death then there are yeah. the tellies like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I Claudius is always up there. You and. Everyone you ever mention it to, they always say, "Oh, it's so brilliant! Why don't they redo it?" No, the audience must be dying out now. Forty-four years ago, <laughs> if you if you yeah, imagine, but you'd, get, you'd get a whole new audience. Yes, you would. True, you would. You would. I, I think they should. <laughs> I'm going to start a petition. Oh, right. <laughs> 
When did you start doing Last Tango in Halifax? Oh, I loved Last Tango because, you know, one of the, one of the basic reasons I loved it was because, I mean, we'd been talking a lot about classical theatre and classical stories and somebody had the, the foresight to recognise, you know, what a, what a common slob I really am deep down. And and say yeah, he can play ordinary people as well as kings and princes and that and sort I of thing. And I bet you loved you know. that, didn't you? Oh, I adored it! I couldn't believe I, they were casting me. It's this, mm-hmm. you know, this ordinary Yorkshire bloke, and um, it was lovely. And and working with Annie, we we didn't know it. We knew of each other, but we didn't know each other. But uh, it was a marriage made in heaven. I say, you, you know. clicked, didn't you? We clicked. We absolutely And lovely Sarah clicked. Lancashire. Well, and all Sarah, the cast are yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely oh, it was fab. lovely. I oh, hope well, you do some more. Oh, I, I think. Oh, it was you know, so huge. But, I mean, yeah, nobody knows it? what's going to happen at the moment. but No. Although no. I have heard they are starting to film things again. Social distancing. Yes, they are. They are. <laughs> but you, but you, you say you, you know, you love playing the working class chap because you grew up in a working class background, didn't you? I, in, I'm an East End boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was wasn't it Leighton or something? Leightonstone. Yeah. Leighton's slightly posher than Leighton. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. No, no. I, when I was in school, I used to say. Um, when I was asked where I lived, I always used to sit on the edge of Epping Forest. <laughs> <laughs> so was that London or Essex? No, London. London. Oh, it was London. Oh, London. Walthamstow. Is it? I read in your bio, your dad had a sweet shop. For eight years, he had a tobacconist and news agent, yes. How yeah. fabulous. Oh, lovely. Yes. So did you get free in, sweets? In Chinkford. <laughs> yes. I, I don't have a particularly sweet tooth, actually. I remember... Helping in the shop. It was the days of rationing, cutting people's ration books out and things. Yeah. Wow. And my mother worked in Walthamstow High Street in the in a department store in Walthamstow High Street. And she worked all through the war. Did I, she? I, yeah, I, I was evacuated with my um, aunt and cousin and my mum stayed in London working. Yeah. Wow. Where did you go? Uh, I went to... A, a place called Little Brick Hill. Where's that? Um, not not far from London, uh, and the nearest uh, town to Little Brick Hill was Bletchley. Oh, now Bletchley was the home yeah. of all those spy breakers and, and the code breakers and and, and and Alan Turing, who I eventually played on stage breaking the code. And in the war, I was. Two miles away from him. How weird! Yes, as a kid, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. You might, you might have walked past him. I might have done. <laughs> I might, I could have met him. Yes. Yeah. So, how old were you in the war? Uh, well, I was born thirty-eight, so uh, I think I was evacuated in forty-three, four. So I was about really five or six. Five or six. I was still, wow. I was small. Do you remember anything from? I remember the a lot of it. I remember a lot. We we lived in a pub. Wow. I don't know how I remembered that. Um, I, I do remember one incident. My cousin and I attended the local village school, and they were having a school picnic, and we were all asked to bring a plate and a knife and fork with our names on it, 
And so Raymond and I got our plates and knives and forks and we turned up for the picnic and they said we weren't allowed to go because it wasn't it wasn't for evacuees. So we were very disappointed. Uh, we went back to the pub and said they don't want us because we're oh. evacuees. My aunt, who was a real East Londoner, dragged us back to the school and absolutely lacerated the headmistress. I mean, I heard language that has since stayed with me, you know, <laughs> which I had never heard before. She tore this woman to shreds. And hysterical. by the time we got back to the pub, the landlord had um, organised a picnic for us. Aww. So it was lovely. But you weren't, you weren't in London when the, when the bombs were falling or anything? When we came back, I remember, I, I was. Um, uh, Raymond and I had been sent out to get some, round the corner, to get some fish for the cat. And while we were in the shop, it was somewhere like Sainsbury's, you know, mm -hmm. a small shop, mm -hmm. not a big department store, a bomb fell on the local bus station. Wow. And everybody threw themselves on the floor and, and a lady saw these two kids um, said, where do you live? And we didn't live far away. And took us home. And we got home and uh, a couple of the windows had been blown out. And my aunt was sitting on the table. And we said, well, well, you should be under the table, aunt. That's safer. And she said, there was a mouse. There was a mouse. I couldn't sit <laughs> under the table. <laughs> so she was on the table. Gosh, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I was born after the war, but my older sister, she can remember, she was a bit old, she's a bit older than you, and um, and a bomb dropped in the back of our back garden and blew the back of the house in. But my dad, they'd heard it coming because it was a buzz bomb and you could hear it kind of going, Meem, and then oh, it would go yes. silent. Yes. Terrifying. They were and horrible. So Dad things. threw my mum and my sisters under the stairs because it was kind of, I suppose, covered. Yeah, yeah. And he got bricks all down his pyjamas, but he was not oh. hurt. Oh, God. But, you know, another 10 foot the other way, and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Oh, probably. dear. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have been born. Yes, those awful doodle bugs. Do you remember any of that or not? Yes, I do. Yeah, oh, do. I remember my... My um, grandpa standing outside the Anderson shelter and the, doodle, the sound of the doodle bug and then the sound cut out and you didn't know where it was going to fall. It could be oh above God. you or horrible things. Gosh. Yeah. Well, my mum always suffered badly with her nerves and I'm sure it was living through the war. Through the war, yeah. yeah. I'm sure, because yeah. it must have been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, yes, you know, people say... What we're going through is awful, but going through that must have been horrendous. Yeah, but it did bring people together. The curious thing was after the war, immediately after when we had all the the street parties and everything. And I remember my dad taking uh, my mum and I to Piccadilly Circus when they turned the lights on. Ah. And uh, I think it was the Bovril sign that came up first, I, th I, th <laughs> I think. Um but you had the street parties, but, you know, within a year of peace, neighbours weren't talking to each other again. again. Do you know what I mean? I know, isn't it weird? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, actually all through this horrible COVID year, 
there's been such acts of great kindness from yes. so many people. And, and when you think how the nurses yeah. and doctors are, and the care workers and yeah. are Absolute, working absolutely. so hard to look after people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Have, you, yeah. have, you, have you coped? Well, you were in France for a lot of it, weren't you? This we, summer, we, so. Yeah, we were there for three months. We went for a sort of couple of weeks and we stayed three months. So it, it, was, it was great. It was great. But France, it's worse than us. What do you think is going to happen? You know, there's been so much discussion about theatre and what's going to happen to it because oh, it's one of the things gosh. that can't really reopen until it's safe because you're in such no. close proximity, aren't no, exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. Um, it, it, I'm sure it will reopen in a different form mm. to start with, and it, which has already been tried. I mean, there have been performances at the Old Vic and the Bridge, and you know, yeah, and right. they say there's going to be a pantomime at the Palladium. Uh, this yeah, year. I was. Well, um, I was uh, talking to Elaine and mm-hmm. Paige, and she's yeah. meant to be doing it, but she's. She said we're all just waiting. Just waiting. Yeah, exactly. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber is saying it's going to happen, but she said we don't really know until they no. say. I think they have to get okay from the government and. Yeah. Yeah, we um, we've been doing some Zoom performances, yeah, uh, you know, to raise money. That's right. Because the people in our in our business are really really have been hit very very hard. I know. Not well, not, not just a, the performers, per- but no, the, the, the backstage, backstage, the front of house, the you know, the camera crew, camera, the, the, yeah, the, the dressers, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, everybody, no. uh, and so we've been raising. Uh, money for them. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, you did a sitcom and got an Emmy Award in America for it, didn't you? For Frasier. That's right. I read that you, you had to play the the worst Shakespearean actor, actor in the world. <laughs> yes, and I can't tell you how easily it came. <laughs> <laughs> really, I had to be a very bad Hamlet, That's and um, so it was like falling I... off a log. <laughs> it was. Oh, have you it, got a copy of it? I'd love to see that. Do you know? I don't think I have. It was no. something that came absolutely out of the blue. I was terrified, oh, and I, so... I went to Los Angeles, and they, they were all very nice to me. Um, um, and and they, they, I think they knew I was, I was frightened of them all. Um, but uh, it was lovely. But it was it's, great. it's a great wonderful fun. that American. I I did one for about a year and a half in LA. Oh, and it's it's a certain form, isn't it? It's um, oh it's yes, very diff- You know, it's very it's quite indeed. broad. Yes. I loved it, and then you know, and I I did it with two other actresses and two Americans. We just had so much fun. I've never laughed so much in my life. And it was fun. Yes, it was fun. It really was. And you got yourself an Emmy but award. I did uh, my second. Your second? Yeah, my Ooh. second. Yeah. What was the first yeah. one for? First one was for a telly film called The Tenth Man. Oh, yeah. Starring Tony Hopkins and Kristen Scott Thomas. I remember it. And I played the villain. Yeah, I played That's the villain right. in that, yeah. Oh, well, well deserved. And you've got, well, you've got loads of awards. Uh, you could make a, no, you could make a hat of awards. No, I've, I've you've got, I, how many Olivier's have you got? Only one. I was. I've been nominated, but I'm oh, one. well, that's what I read. <laughs> I got one. Yes, we well, could put that one in the middle. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> and the Emmys at the side. Got. I've got one of those and a 
I think I just got one of each, a Tony, an Emmy, two Emmys, a Tony and Olivier. I haven't got Oscars. I don't do not big movies. Not bad for a, a boy from Leighton. Not bad. Not bad, no. <laughs> no. Who learned how to talk proper. And this, is it true you were, were you at Cambridge with Ian McKellen? We were, yes. I'm, he, he was a year behind me. I'm a year older than Ian. Uh, but yes, we, we worked together as students. Because Vish, yeah. Vish, when... Oh, Vicious. Vicious. Was that your, was it your idea, you guys? Or, or did no, they come no, to No, no, it was the, the guy who wrote it, an American called Gary Janetti. Uh-huh. And uh, no, he, he, he was the, the one behind it. And, uh, oh, it was such fun. It was I such bet. fun. We we did love doing it. How did you get through some of those was, scenes without I, laughing? I know, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. I mean, but neither of us had, had done um, a sitcom, like, with an audience, you know, yeah. five yeah, cameras. and Yeah, yeah, that's what we did in LA. It's quite fun, actually. It's scary, because it's like doing a little live show every Yeah, night, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Unbelievable. And the more you get wrong, the more the audience love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so you don't get frightened, because if you go wrong, you forget your lines. You get a round of applause for it. I know. Well, they love it, don't they? They do. If, oh, they do. I think yeah. All yeah. Of, I mean, even in the theatre, if I mean, if things go terribly wrong, they yeah. Like but it, if but... if if they know what you're like, if you corpse in the theatre, you know. But if the audience know what you're laughing at, they can join in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they actually. get upset when they don't know what what's going on. But that you know that feeling when it does go wrong on stage is like you described oh. it where you just go completely hot and prickly oh. and sweat like it's it's oh, terrifying it's yeah, and it, it seems to what what is probably 60 seconds seems like an hour doesn't oh, it oh well, yeah absolutely absolutely it's 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 horrible <laughs> it's horrible now you were an artistic director at uh, Chichester weren't you with poor old Duncan Weldon yeah only for a year i was i really was on uh, Sailing along on Duncan's coattails. But you got you got to do some shows there, didn't you? Oh yes, I mean, it's lovely Chichester Theatre. I love it's it. lovely because in the early days of the National, and uh, from sixty three right through the the sixties, the National would go to Chichester for its summer season. That's right. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah. so I, you knew it well. I went every year from sixty three. Yeah. 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 I I've I've only done one play there, but I loved it. It was just so much. Oh, it's. It's but lovely. we rented it's a lovely. house, yeah. you know, by by the by Chichester Harbour, and yes, and oh, the kids lovely. came down when the school broke up. It was lovely. I did I did Blythe Spirit there. That's right. Yes, with yes. Um, Dora. Well, it was meant to be Maureen Lipman, but she got she was she got ill. She had to have an operation, oh. and so dear old Dora came in at last minute. But <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> She was a she was a hoot. I'm <laughs> Let's put it that way. The ble- the thing. I mean, God rest her soul. And I I got on with her great. We, we she was so sweet. But she she had difficulty learning her lines. <laughs> so the guy who played Charles, you know, the husband. Yeah. He lost a stone and a half in weight oh. during oh. that show because. <laughs> Through anxiety and <laughs> through anxiety, I mean, no. I you know, as I, I played the ghost, so the only person I spoke to was Charles, so it didn't affect me. <laughs> but poor, poor Stephen Pacey, he oh, it was, he was, it was so nerve wracking for him. 
But the audiences loved her and, you know. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. We we got through it, but like you do, actually. (laughs) Yes, of course you do. Yes. Troopers all. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I've I've only really witnessed properly one. You you and Ian were grand marshals of the gay gay, gay pride, pride yes parade in New York. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that was wonderful. Love, so I being love grand marshal, what does that mean? You lead it. Yeah, we 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 were in separate cars, open topped cars. Brilliant. Down Fifth Avenue, all the way down to the village, and uh, it was just. I mean, it goes very slowly, so it takes about three hours. And uh, doing the queenly wave all the way down (laughs) Fifth Avenue, you know. Oh God! But some of the outfits are amazing. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. No, it was a great day. The one we we were in New York, I can't remember what year it was. And we, Lee and I were in New York and I bumped into Kate Moss, you know, the model. Oh, yeah. And she said she was renting, she was staying in a friend's apartment and it had a balcony that was going to overlook a street where the gay parade was going to go. And she said, come, come up there, come, come, tweet, come up. You know, you can see everything. It's brilliant. So we went because we were just going to go and view it from the street so we went yeah. to this apartment and it was fantastic because we had a, this bird's eye view Wonderful. the costumes oh, wow. and i tell you i've never seen so many great pair of legs in my life <laughs> in high heels because <laughs> some of these guys you know they're six foot two and they've yes, got these amazing yeah, long yeah. legs no, oh, it's, it's wonderful. It a it's a wonderful day. Absolutely really brilliant. Yeah, that yeah, must have been yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it was. Oh, yes, it was. was. <laughs> you did the children's the, in, in the night garden. You narrate that. Yes, yeah. I know that because yes, we've got grandchildren now who love uh, that. Uh, You've also been in The Crown, my other favourite thing. Yes, I, I gave my... Duke of Dying Duke of Windsor. I know. I yes. Saw it. I love yes. it. Can't wait that for was, the next one. That was out. fun too. Oh, it's so well made, isn't it? Oh, it's wonderfully well made. Ooh. Yeah, it's so good. It's so, so good. good. Yeah, yeah. But you you were wonderful in that. So you've done everything. I mean, is there anything you haven't done that you want to do? <laughs> not really. No, not really. To become um, a deep sea diver or something. <laughs> I'm totally useless at anything else. Oh, okay. Well, you're bloody good at what you do. I can say that. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, it's been an absolute joy talking oh, to you. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And I hope we can see you properly when all this silliness has gone away. Wouldn't it be nice? I, I, I've, I, I've, I feel quite optimistic, actually. I think, I mean, it's horrible what we're going through. And, and you know, we've been luckier than most because... We're we're fine and we've got each other. You've got Richard. We and, are so lucky. We are so lucky. And you know, some lots of people yeah. have really suffered, and pe- many people have died. It's terrible. It, yes, exactly, exactly. But I do. I can I kind of see a chink of light coming through because it looks like they're getting the vaccine together. And I think so. I think I so. so. I think if we spoke in a year's time. Mm-hmm. A year from now, I think we, we would be on the other side of it. You got a date. I pray. 
Okay, okay. But let's hope it's in person. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, I love you lots. Oh, Twiggy, it's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great pleasure. Stay safe. Keep well, keep safe, keep smiling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, it was lovely for me to catch up with Derek. I haven't seen him for a while. And we do go back a long way. And it was lovely hearing all those theatrical stories because this man has done so much amazing work. And as I said in my intro, he's so lovely. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it too. See you soon. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to Tea with Twiggy, please take a moment to give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people to find the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you auto-magically get the next episodes for free. And do tell all your friends and family about it too. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. You just heard a stripped media production. 